Hello and welcome back to the Mash and Martinis podcast. I am your host, Colin. A uh, couple caveats. Uh, as I'm recording this podcast today. There is some construction going on like right across the street from me. They're like redoing uh, all the sidewalks on the, uh, the street across from me. And I can hear trucks beeping and backing up in the background and some random clanks and stuff every once in a while. So if you hear that, just know that's what's going on. Anyway, do you want to ask me a question and have me answer it on a future podcast? You can leave it in the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. At the end of your review, be sure to toss your name on it so I know who you're talking or who I know I'm talking to. If you want, that is no no pressure on doing that. Um, but if you want your name called out, uh, be sure to drop your name on the review. Um, now, I do sometimes record a week or two in advance, so if you do leave a review, it may take a couple episodes before it actually gets included in one, so don't fret. I will get to it. You can also email me, and I will also most likely read that in a future podcast. I'm not getting bombarded with emails, so uh, if you have questions, comments, random facts, things for, for future episodes uh, that are coming up in MASH that uh, we're watching here, uh, I'd love to hear it, and I'd love to hear from you. Uh, my email is mashandmartinis at gmail.com. I do also have a website where I can be reached now. That is www.podpage.com slash mashandmartinis. You can check out information there on the latest podcast, read about the show, see show notes, contact me via messages, or even leave a voicemail, as well as sign up to be alerted when new podcasts drop. Now, so today's uh, random fact, um, and I don't even know if this is a, a random fact, but something... Gosh, it's not even really MASH related, but I, I wanted it to be. Is uh, in, in the year 2001 and 2002, uh, there was a show on Comedy Central called Beat the Geeks. And uh, I was in college at the time. And uh, I fortunately, like when this show was uh, actually airing, um, I was not in classes. So I ended up like watching it quite a bit. I'm, I'm guessing I probably watched every episode. And every episode, they would have four geeks on with, like, three contestants, and it's basically a trivia type of knowledge. Every episode, they would have a movie geek, a television geek, and a music geek. And then the fourth geek was, like, a rotating, like, special one. It would be, like, Michael Jackson or The Simpsons or, uh, I, I don't know, history. I don't know. And, um, but I'm, I, I kept telling myself, I'm like, I should put my name in the hat for this show and see if I can be a MASH geek. And, uh, yeah, it, it never it never panned out. By the time uh, I really thought of it, the show ended up getting canceled. I was very bummed because I thought it was, uh, it was a really cool show. Plus, at that time, and, and I still am kind of really into trivia, um, I also felt like I competed pretty well against like the, the movie and, and television and, and music geek. Um, maybe not so much the television geek, but, uh, at least the movie and music geek. So anyway, if you've never seen that show, look it up. It, it was, it's pretty decent. It's probably going to feel a little outdated because now it's, it's 20 years old. Um, but it, anyway, I enjoyed it. I always wanted to throw my name in the hat of, of, Hey, can I be a mash geek as a random guest? But got canceled. Anyway, today's episode, season one, episode nine, Henry, please come home. Uh, it was written by Lawrence Marks, who is returning again, and directed by William Wired. Uh, the original air date was November 19th, 1972. Uh, so the quick quick plot of this episode is 
is Henry is getting a citation from General Hammond for the camp achieving the best efficiency rating, which is 90% of any mass unit in Korea. Um, so Brigadier General ends up surprisingly reassigning him to Tokyo. Frank, who then takes charge, then changes the camp to be a lot more military, and he confiscates Hawkeye and Trapper still. So they end up using forged, forged passes to go to Tokyo to convince Henry to come back. So their master plan ends up pretending radar is sick. The ruse is revealed, but Henry decides to return anyway. So the bananas, crackers, and nuts of this episode. In the operating room, Frank has an argument with Ginger Bayless uh, once again. Like, I feel like he just does not like Ginger. Also, it, it doesn't happen in this episode because Margaret's not even in this episode. But how many times does Frank, like, kind of snap at the nurses and Margaret ends up taking Frank's side? Like, you would think you would think Margaret would have her nurses back a little bit more regardless of her relationship with Frank, regardless of her being a stick, stickler for, like, military regulations and, you know, you listen to the officers and anybody higher ranked than you, I would think Margaret would have her nurses back a little bit more of saying, you know, I'm sorry, Major Burns, but you asked for this. She gave you that. Uh, don't yell at my nurses for following your orders. You know, so uh, it's, it's disappointing Margaret doesn't do that. But anyway, uh, I digress because Margaret is not in this episode. Uh, but... This time, uh, it, it's over something of the use of sutures. And he does not specify. Ginger gives him sutures, and of course, Frank freaks out. So they're coming out of the operating room, and uh, all the doctors are walking out, and Frank is behind. And Frank comes out telling Henry he wants to file insubordination charges against Ginger. The other doctors, of course, are like, you're kidding, right? Like... So they protest, but before the discussion kind of goes any farther, Radar kind of comes butting in. And again, the back and forth between Radar and Henry, like the, the timing and the, the, the comedy between those two is so good. Um, but Radar comes with the news that General Hammond has awarded the 4077th a special citation for achieving a 90% efficiency rating, the highest of any medical unit in Korea. So awesome news, right? Henry is just pumped. So General Hammond comes and he's presenting the word to Henry, a special special citation of merit, fourth class. And and then before jumping into more shocking news, Henry kind of goes on a, a big speech and very trying to be sentimental and everybody's bored, Hawkeye's falling asleep and, and it's just dragging on. Nobody knows what's happening. So Hammond ends up interrupting him of I have one more announcement. Uh, Henry is being transferred to Tokyo for training and administrative duties. So he's he's kind of um, kind of being promoted in a way that hey this this mash unit is is going so well so we're we're sending him to Tokyo to kind of be more on the administrative side and uh, to train doctors and give uh, uh, give presentations. So now. Uh, when I was digging into this, I, and I'm, I'm going to get a little sidetracked because he's going to Tokyo, and uh, I promise this after a couple sentences, we'll get back to the episode. But as I was deep diving into this episode, I went down a weird little rabbit hole of people discussing theories on this episode that when 
uh, Hawkeye and Trapper eventually go to Tokyo and bring Henry back. Okay, spoiler alert, we're not there in the episode yet, but that's what happens in this. Um, but this is beyond the Sea of Japan. So Henry was already over the Sea of Japan, was there for administrative and training duties. So the theory is, is that if Hawkeye and Trapper would have just left well enough alone, congratulated uh, Henry for, for kind of being promoted and going on to, to Tokyo, most likely Henry would have made it home safe. And uh, that is very depressing to think about that Hawkeye and Trapper inevitably going to Tokyo to bring Henry back almost led to his death. Um, now, it, it didn't really. Any, a million things could have happened. They were bombed several times while Henry was there after this and all sorts of crazy things. They were in the middle of a war zone, right? So you never know what could have happened. But uh, somebody had the theory that Henry would have been alive if they did not go and, and drag him back. Kind, kind of uh, a little bit morbid, uh, but an interesting theory nonetheless. Felt, felt like I needed to share it since he's going to Tokyo. So, Henry goes to Tokyo, and Frank is taking over as commander and becomes basically a tyrant, right? Like, instantly. And he institutes very unnecessary military routines on a, on a medical unit, right? All these guys are are draftees and they're doctors and they're volunteer nurses like these these people are not really here for this they're here to run a hospital so he's he starts an early reveille where of course the doctors are like what what am i hearing a bugle right now what is going on i think we're in the military i think we're in the army uh so they have early morning calisthenics and and all sorts of stuff like you're just not used to to seeing at uh, at the mass right and then finally, uh, the the doctors have, are kind of like whatever. We'll 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 get up. We'll do the calisthenics even while you know pretending to do jumping jacks while sitting on on barrels. Uh, Frank ends up coming into the swamp and confiscating the still. So that almost draws the line for the guys, right? Although one of my favorite things that Frank ends up doing, like the second Henry leaves, uh, is. Uh, Hawkeye and Trapper, um, and and to to really get Hawkeye and Trapper to salute him, uh, Frank kind of clears his throat <clears throat> and does this like half salute motion, like hinting like, "Hey, you should you should salute me," and kind of takes his hand up to his chest, and uh, so they do the exact same <clears throat> and put their hands up to their chest. It's so funny and so well timed and. And uh, when, when Frank goes to take their still and he's leaving the swamp, he does the <coughs> and, and does the salute right back at him. The half salute. It's, it's so funny. So Hawkeye, Trapper, and a few others are, are kind of gathered and, and discussing what to do with Frank. And, and Ugly John is basically, you know, resorting to murder. And uh, um, Hawkeye ends up discussing, you know, ego. Right, we could we could use Henry's ego that okay the camp is the camp is falling apart the ninety percent efficiency rating is now down to thirty morale is an all time low right so they use radar and to go through his stack of, of passes and all sorts of things to find two weekend passes to Tokyo and they get it Hawkeye and Trapper go to Tokyo and they find Henry in Tokyo enjoying himself with. Uh, taking baths and getting massages 
and uh, enjoying good food and, and music and stuff. And uh, yeah, it's it's kind of kind of depressing, right? And they even use uh, they use Leslie of like you know can you are you gonna just leave Leslie you know hanging and buying your way out of it with uh, little random gifts to mail back to her. And um, so they uh, they they basically mention that you know she's a basket case, right? And according to plan, Radar puts through a call about himself being seriously sick with something which Hawkeye describes as a tough case and a diagnostic problem. So Henry kind of freaks out like Radar, like, well, you know, I was I was one of the best diagnosticians in in uh, Indiana or, or what, whatever he says. So he he decides, OK, we're going to rush back. We're going to use my name to, to get back. So Henry and and uh, and uh, Hawkeye and Trapper rush back to the 4077th and then stun everyone right by by wanting to do exploratory surgery on radar when he goes to see him you know thinking it might be an ulcer and all this other stuff and 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 of course you know Frank is like ah, I think you're jumping the gun and and the doctors are also thinking this right and when he's like no I'm gonna do it uh, Frank kind of puts his foot down of saying you know, hey, I'm in charge of this outfit uh, now. You're gone. You need to fill out the proper paperwork. You can't do surgery on my, in my mash. And and uh, Henry snaps right back at at him. Says, "I'll put do a call to General Hammond to override you, Frank." And uh, so Radar is like, while laying in bed pretending to be sick, uh, he's jumps up out of bed to make the phone call to General Hammond. And of course blowing the whole cover of the fake sick radar so henry demands kind of what what the heck is going on and so hawkeye kind of explains they just wanted you back and radar's fake illness was was kind of designed to make him feel wanted uh so frank wants to call the mps to to arrest hawkeye and trapper and and henry stops it and uh he's taking back over uh of course much to the demise of, of frank of course so, uh, the end. So, the, the Radar's report of this episode is we have the return of G. Wood returning as Brigadier General Hammond. Um, although the character of General Hammond uh, kind of gets mentioned a handful of times going forward in subsequent episodes, this episode featuring Hammond's final appearance on the show. Do you, do you guys hear the sirens in the background? So not only do I have construction across the street, now I have like an ambulance going down the road. I don't know if you if that that's gonna come through on the microphone, but yeah, now there's uh, now there's like an ambulance going by. So apologies for background noise. Um, although I can't hear the construction going on right now, so they are over there though. I I drove by them first thing this morning, and they are out there. Um, anyway, number two, G Wood along with uh, Gary Berghoff are the only two people in. Uh, from the the movie and the show that have played the same role, um, I think we discussed in maybe uh, episode one in the pilot that uh, Timothy Brown also uh, was in the movie, although playing a different role. He did not play Spirit Chucker. Number three, uh, we have the return of Virginia Lee, and if you remember, Virginia Lee played the moose, uh, or played Young He on the episode of the moose. She did not play the moose. Uh, she appears in this episode as one of the two girls singing uh, the song "If I Knew You Were Coming." Um, she is the one in gray without the guitar. She has a lot of like the white stereotypical of uh, the 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 the, uh, the Japanese girl white uh, makeup on. 
and uh, so she's singing, and, and you can tell it's her. Um, so unfortunately, she didn't really have any lines other than that singing, because um, I just I adore her her characters. Uh, number four, Radar is half shaven uh, at the beginning of this episode while Henry is still there, while he's getting his citation, and Henry jokingly says, "You know, Radar's in charge of this outfit. I'm he's just using me as a front." And you kind of look at Radar, and he is just. He is, I've never seen him with so much like facial hair. He's just, you know, five o'clock shadow out the wazoo in that, in that case. But the very next morning when Frank takes over, he is instantly clean shaven. Uh, number five, when Henry decides to go back to the 4077, when Hawkeye and Trap, with Hawkeye and Trap, and when he believed Radar was actually sick, they took a chopper from Tokyo to the camp. Now, doing uh doing this little deep dive i've done this from soul um back in the pilot episode i did a i, I did kind of a, a maps version of like going from seoul to Wijanbu. and from tokyo though is tokyo to seoul is actually 721 miles and the 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 helicopter they're using is the bell 47 it's a single engine single blade chopper which is what they were using. Now that actually only had a range of about 200 and uh, what I can find is 214 miles, which makes the chopper going from Tokyo to Seoul impossible. They would have had to have taken a plane. They would have had to have flown over technically an ocean, the Sea of Japan. They would have had to have flown over those things. And with a helicopter is just impossible, right? Top speed is only about 100 miles an hour, uh, which means that flight would have taken over seven hours anyway if they even if they could have made it uh very uh impossible to do also impractical number six although it was the ninth in broadcast order this episode was actually the second episode to be produced i did not know that i kind of thought mash um outside of the, the final two episodes actually filmed everything kind of in order uh i was wrong uh this was actually the second one to be produced uh, number seven, while faking his illness, Radar is shown to be reading Captain Savage number 10, which is a comic from January 1969. This episode, of course, is from 1951 uh, when it actually takes place. So uh, 18 years later, uh, Radar is time traveling to pick up comic books. Uh, and then finally, sorry, there are more sirens in the background. Oh, there's a that's a fire truck. Is there like a fire going on? Oh, that that was a, that was a fire truck. So uh, apologies. Apparently there is medical emergencies and fires going on near me. So uh, apologies. Uh, all right, number eight. Uh, the director William Wired directed six episodes of Mash between the first and second season. Uh, I did not know this, but he actually directed a lot of like the fan favorites, um, uh, Tuttle, um, and then. <clears throat> Arguably one of the, the episodes that actually ended up saving MASH in the early season and actually may have given it that second life, <clears throat> excuse me, is like the sometimes you hear the bullet, which is the first one that Alan Alda actually wrote, uh, the Long John Flap as well. So, um, I'm sorry, I think I, I feel like I misspoke there. It was, I, I meant to say the episode Sometimes You Hear the Bullet, um, which was not Alan, I think it came off across as like Alan Alda saying, uh, or that Alan Alda wrote, sometimes you hear the bullet, he wrote Long John Flap. So William Wired also uh, also directed Long John Flap, which was Alan Alda's first episode that he had wrote. Uh, there you go. I, th I think I said that right that time. Sorry, I misspoke. 
Um, so, yes, and I also, uh, I paused for a second there to look because I heard another truck come by and uh, went out. There is, uh, there's construction going across the street. They're putting in new sidewalks. And I looked down the street, and sure enough, there is a fire truck. There is ambulances and stuff. So I think there is a fire about five or six houses down from me right now. So I am hoping that power doesn't go out or anything like that, but we're about to wrap up. Hopefully everybody is okay down there, but little emergency in my neighborhood. Um, so rating this episode, Glass of Martinis, um, not not a great one in my opinion. It wasn't overly funny. It felt really fast, uh, to be honest, and kind of came off as maybe like a stereotypical the first season type of episodes. Um, so I think I'm going to go with like a 6.5 out of 10 martinis on this one. Um, so not, not major, but uh, still an okay episode. Uh, now, hopefully you'll join me next week for I Hate a Mystery, and I, and I say hopefully because really I am traveling next week for several days, and uh, it might get delayed a week. I am going to do my best to get it out on Sunday, um, but I will do my best. No promises. I'll be seeing you.